Welcome to I'm Telling, where we have real stories from real students. Our podcast features students from South Mountain Community College Storytelling Institute, located in Phoenix, Arizona. These stories are recorded live in a classroom setting with just one take. I told him I was absolutely direct with him. There was no way he could misunderstand what I said. I said, I'm never, ever getting married. (laughs) And he looked really confused, and he was really silent. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. I mean, it's only our second date. (laughs) And And he took a big breath. He said, well, I've been married before. I don't plan on ever doing it again. It's cool. And so can you imagine how weird it was for us sometime later to find ourselves standing on a balcony in our hotel in one of the most romantic, beautiful countries in the world, and we overlooked the residential neighborhood in front of us, and up in the distance, not too far, just a couple of blocks, we saw the walls of the Vatican and the dome of um, St. Peter's Basilica. And we looked at each other, and we started laughing, and we said, how in the heck did this happen? I mean, this was not supposed to happen. We were celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary. (laughs) And one of the first things that we did on that trip was, of course, go to the Vatican because it was so close. And we went to the Vatican museums. And as we were lining up and getting ready for the afternoon tours, all the other tourists started coming in. And we could hear French and German, Japanese, Chinese, Korean, all these languages, and of course, Italian and English. And we queued up. We stood in front of our our tour guide. She was speaking on a wireless mic so that we could hear her in our language. And we all began to walk through the corridor. And we were just instantly bombarded by all these images and these colors and these textures. And we've all been to museums, and we know that on the wall we see artwork, beautiful, beautiful paintings. And as we continued walking, some of the paintings would uh, become tapestries or historical artifacts like maps. I was a little surprised just for a moment to see all of this beautiful artwork on the ceilings. But of course, we're at the Vatican. I mean, they're kind of known for art on the ceiling. And I was really a little nervous and tentative because everywhere in front of us on the floor, and a little taken aback, was beautiful, beautiful inlaid art and mosaics. And hundreds and hundreds of people were trampling on 300-year-old art several times a day, every day of the week. But it was just fascinating to see all of this beautiful art all around us, every single square inch in every single room that we went into. And as we were walking through it, there were a lot of things that surprised me. There were statues, for example, of ancient Roman gods and goddesses. Now, I wouldn't have expected that in a Catholic museum. There were also contemporary art with Christian themes that were kind of controversial. And I certainly didn't expect that. What I did expect and did see a lot of was medieval and Renaissance art. And as we walked through this, we could see 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th century of art. 
And they, they repeated in motifs and themes, right? So Madonna and child over the centuries, nativity over the centuries, the magi bearing gifts, the crucifixion, heaven and hell. And I got very excited to see that in that way. And so if I saw something, for example, like the Madonna and child, and I might see a, a nice 15th century Renaissance piece, I would grab David by the hand and we would run to go look at a 13th century piece. And I, we would run because I didn't want to lose the tour guide, right? So we were running back and forth. And what I would see and notice was how art changed over time. And in that medieval period, or the early Renaissance period, how stylized and two-dimensional art was. And then later, in the later Renaissance, with the realism of that time, how, how much more um, three-dimensional art became. And we could see how the artist's techniques would change over, over time and they would start using line uh, perspective to show depth, and that they would use light and shadow to show dimension, that the focal points of the paintings would change, that in the older works, only the holy people, only the, uh, only the spiritual motifs would be there. But in the later periods, you would see entire villages behind the Madonna and child. And I was just so thrilled to be able to see them in the same space and be able to compare that. Once that part of the tour was done, the tour guide told us the next step, we can go and wander freely, and we can go into the Sistine Chapel. And in the Sistine Chapel, we were told we needed to be quiet and we couldn't take pictures. And so David and I walked in, we sat down on a bench, we looked up at this magnificent, magnificent masterpiece by Michelangelo, and just kind of contemplated it as tourists would walk in and out. And we stayed there for a while, and that silence would only be interrupted every so often. No pictures! No talking! <laughs> and then repeat it again in Italian and German and French. And then I'd be silent again. And I would just stare and think to myself, Michelangelo hated this job. He didn't want to do this. He didn't fancy himself a painter. He only did it because the Pope made him. But yet he left this legacy for us. Well, of course, art and the Vatican were not the only thing we did in our Italian trip. We, we did all kinds of things. We went hiking, we did cooking classes, we stayed up late, we ate, we saw all kinds of beautiful architecture. Because David and I, whenever we travel, we like to cram the day in with all kinds of things. In fact, we have a motto to each other, and we say it any time we get sleepy or tired when we travel, which is, we can sleep when we get home. And so with that in mind, we would sit down to dinner about 10 o'clock at night, just like the Italians do. And we really liked that because that meant we could fill up the whole day. And one night at dinner, David said, you know, I'm learning something about you on this trip that I never knew after 25 years of marriage. I never knew that you had studied art history or art. And I looked at him and I said, I didn't study art and art history. I mean, this is just stuff that we all learned in grade school. And he said, I didn't learn that in grade school. And I kind of tucked that away. I didn't know why he said that. And as we toured the rest of Italy, we went to Florence and to Venice, I would think to myself every so often, oh, I wish I could tell dad about this or that and ask him if he saw that too. And at that moment, I realized that it was my father 
my father taught me about art. And from the time that I was a little tiny girl, I used to just love going on my excursions with my daddy. Daddy was a big, strong military man, and he was really tough. But he would take me to the library almost every week when I was little, and I would go and grab library books, and he would grab his history books and his biographies, and we would exchange them the next week. And then when I got older, he would take me to art museums, and he would show me art and talk about them. He'd ask me what I liked, he'd, and he would tell me what he liked, and we would talk about that. And by that time, his job was being a graphic artist or a sign painter, and we would go home, and he would take out his sketch pad and his charcoals, and he would draw what we saw, and we would talk about it. For my dad, it was really, really important, and I'm sure your parents, it was the same thing, really important that you get a good education and that, they, and, and that they shape your life so that you can have it. And for my dad, that was the case too, except my dad was always someone who was self-conscious about his own lack of formal education, and he was really ashamed of it. And he would often say to me, I'm just an ignorant hillbilly from Kentucky. And that always stuck with me. And the reason he said that was because he dropped out of high school at 17. And he joined the military. And he wasn't a good student in high school. He kept on getting suspended for fighting. He got expelled from Catholic school. And when he went home for his first furlough from the Air Force, all of the buddies that he ran around with were either dead or in prison. And that was the kind of world my dad came from. But when he joined the military, he traveled all over the world. He went to Germany. To it he lived in Germany, Italy, and France, Kenya, and Japan, where he met my mother. And everywhere he went, he told me he would learn about their history, their culture, their art. And he always tried to instill in me that curiosity. Now, my dad knew that he was successful in teaching me about education and helping me get that curiosity about learning. He knew he was because I was the first one on both sides of my family to go to college, and I went on for a master's and then a doctorate, and my dad was around for that. But what he didn't know, because I didn't know, was that he taught me content and subject matter of really sophisticated things uh, about art and history and how they intersected and how they helped to propel a lot of Western thought and he taught me all of that. And because of that, he's enriched my life and that trip in a way that I never would have imagined, that he could have never imagined. And he couldn't have imagined how that hillbilly from Kentucky could enrich not only his own life, but that of his little girl. If you are interested in learning how to become a storyteller, please visit our website at southmountaincc.edu forward slash storytelling.